Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. A 20-something couple, Julius and Danielle, venturing from Hollywood to Joshua Tree in an attempt to quit smoking together. As we share the pain and torture the couple puts themselves through in the name of love and pleasure, we also learn that smoking is truly a metaphor for their equally addictive relationship. The film is called Quit. We're joined today by the director, producer, and writer of the film. That would be Dick Rude. Dick, welcome to Film School Radio. Oh, thanks for having me, Mike, and um, thanks for the introduction. Tell me a little bit about what inspired uh, Quit. Well, I wanted to explore the relationship between what we do in the name of pleasure and how that causes us pain. And uh, I, I started to realize how that was present in many different things in life, whether it was smoking or being in a relationship or working out or uh, being a workaholic or, you know, just the uh, extremes and excesses that we tend to put ourselves through thinking that we are getting enjoyment or feeling good out of it, uh, that. And then consequently, the, the, the pain and distress that that causes as well. And how it's important to have an awareness between those two uh, extremes to be able to find balance in one's life. I think that is a, a very accurate assessment of the human condition. We do tend, yeah. we we tend to, we also tend to gravitate to things that we know, that we're familiar with, whether it's good or bad, right? I think we do find things that, well, from the outside looking in, why would you do such a crazy thing? Because right. we know that thing. We know what that, what it is. Yeah. Well, these two are obviously, they're in love. And they have, we, we catch them in, in, uh, on their way to Joshua Tree. They get to Joshua Tree. They've got a friend's cabin that they're going to be using for a couple of days because this time they're serious about quitting smoking, right? This, sure. this is the time. So yeah, uh, why Joshua Tree? What, what was, you know, it's kind, of, it's, it's kind of a spiritual place, right? Is that part of it? Yeah. Uh, by the way, Mark, Mark Twain said it best. He said, quitting smoking is easy. I've done it a thousand times. <laughs> That's right. Yes. So, uh, but Joshua Tree for a lot of people has kind of a spiritual connotation to it. It does. Uh, and, and the desert is a very dangerous place. Yes. It's a very beautiful place and it's a very dangerous place. Very much like being in love. <laughs> Yes. Uh, so I found that these two landscapes really did have a lot in common. The landscape of, of, of being in love and being in pain and being in a beautiful place that is also completely unpredictable. Yeah. We'll talk a little bit about these two characters of uh, Julius and Danielle. Um, how would you, how would you uh, characterize them in terms of as individuals? Well, uh, I think that there's there are a couple of characters that are really just starting to figure out what life is about. Uh, they're in their twenties, you know, driven to have some meaning in their lives and try to find some meaning within their relationship uh, and come to the realization, like most people do, that uh, 
you you can't necessarily uh, identify yourself based on a relationship that you're in with somebody else right so yes you can call me brother uh, i am a brother but that doesn't mean i'm only a brother correct right uh, and so they've reached this sort of um, pivotal inflection point in their relationship and in their lives where maybe changing it up would be uh, the answer. So I think with the idea of quitting smoking, uh, uh, you know, there's some determination that they want something better for themselves. Uh, and what it turns out to be is a metaphor for their relationship together. I get the sense that they've known each other for a while. They've been together for a while. And uh, we also, you also allude in the story to the fact that they've tried on a number of occasions to stop, particularly with Julius. He's been, he seems to be the one who's been the most determined, but also the one who seems the most unlikely to succeed in this. Yeah. Yeah. I think that they're sort of in this place where they recognize, you know, it's time to grow up a little bit. Uh, and when I say grow up, I don't mean like they have to quit smoking or that, you know, they don't achieve what they want to achieve. But definitely from the perspective of Julius's character, it's the idea that, uh, and, and he shows this in the film, he can't always think his way through life. You, there has to be action and, and some of that action has to come from his heart. And it's right. almost the opposite with her character, which is not, not everything is going to be a free ride, uh, you know, just because you're pretty, it doesn't mean you're going to have a blessed life and get by on your looks. You actually have to do a little bit of thinking and planning sometimes, too. And so I, I think what they start to see are the, the, their own deficiencies represented in each other's characters, which really is hard when, you know, when you're looking in that kind of mirror and you're projecting it at someone else that you love uh, and it bounces back at you in such a painful way that, that you are stimulated to kind of say, well, maybe I need to listen or try something a little differently. Of the two, uh, Julius is the more outward. He acts out mm -hmm. with Danielle. She seems a more passive. She also has, you know, this kind of anger about things that have happened in their relationship. But between the two of them, He's the one who is driven to the more self-destructive aspects of what he's trying to deal with. And she, on the other hand, seems pretty open to other ways of, of you know, living her life, but also of kind of dealing with what she's got to deal with. She has that, she seems to have more um, capacity for change. I, I don't know if I agree with that. I think for him, it's so it's sort of, you know, this passion uh, is so deep. The, the, the idea of being so deeply in love with a woman or cigarettes or being a screenwriter or whatever it is that he has going on in his life is is so extreme that he can't see his life without it. He identifies himself and his character by those things. Whereas with her, um, she can move on to the next lover. She can move on to the next drug. These things are don't identify her. She wakes up and she sees herself as a new person every day. 
um, which is just as difficult because it's you know it's not it's not a predictable way to live one's life or to be able to count on somebody so so they're kind of opposites in that way where his is his is coming from a place of practicality and through that practicality um, the idea of being without it is almost surreal and hers is coming from a place of passion and so by releasing that passion she's free to go on to the next passion Uh, so they're different completely different approaches uh, both very valid and very real she is i think i can say she's very attractive woman oh yeah let's talk about the who they are uh noah segan uh, plays julius as well as uh doria baird it plays the part of danielle and you know they have chemistry together on screen it's obvious that they they feel for each other so they're they did a great job and then you introduce into the into the film a lot of sort of the i like to call them free radicals things mm-hmm. that happen in the course of a you know a story that are going to trigger some sort of reaction good and bad so you have a, and there's some very car- colorful and pretty wonderful small roles in this the the two guys who show up fairly later in the film we're going to camp out were very funny and very you know again triggering a lot of different reactions uh, between the two of them so um, tell me a little bit about that part of the film, sort of finding those kinds of elements that you introduce into a story and, uh, and casting the people that you, you brought into the project. Yeah, it's tricky uh, to um, write a story and, and think that you're going to be able to entertain an audience for an hour and a half just with two people being together and not really deviating from that. Um, some people love theater. Um, they love to go and watch a couple people on stage uh, if that's it for an hour and a half. And I find that very tricky to achieve uh, in in terms of entertaining someone or entertaining myself, I guess is really the case. So it, it was important for me to have these character actors that pop up throughout the story that work as as triggers and uh, and balance to the insanity uh, that these two main characters are going through and also in in just very surreal ways at times you know just uh you know like chloe webb who you may know from sid and nancy yeah. she she played the girl that was outside the mini market when the uh, danielle goes to get something and sees her smoking and decides that maybe it would be a good idea to have a cigarette um yeah. and 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 Chloe literally turns into Snoopy and starts doing the Snoopy dance. And, uh, you know, I think that's kind of what it's like to go through when you're when your brain is playing tricks on you. And so a lot of these characters were meant to be that kind of deviation. We're also meant to serve as comic relief. We're also meant to be satirical and again, uh, just sort of non-sequitorial, if you will, which is the way life really is. Well, we're talking about smoking, and as anyone who knows anything about smoking, it is one of the most addictive substances known to the human body. I mean, there are others that would challenge that, heroin and crack and some other fentanyl. These There are some other challengers to that throne, but nonetheless, nicotine is certainly high on that list. And that is going to create that kind of a reaction in someone um, is that sort of you have to make some fairly 
significant changes in your own brain to be able to get away from something like that. If you want to talk a little bit about uh, some of the other people in the film, um, Nathan Phillips, uh, you mentioned Chloe Webb, uh, Don uh, Swayze, and I saw Sasha Gray, she was the uh, clerk at the uh, Mini Mart, if, if I got that right? True, yes. Sasha, in case somebody doesn't know, has, has had a career in uh, the adult film industry. Um, I think a, it's a good mix of, of the other performers that you bring into the film. Yeah, well, it was interesting. So when I was trying to find the lead, uh, it, one of the things that was bothering me was that in the era that I grew up and started making film in the 70s and 80s, it was very normal to see uh, nudity in film, you know, it wasn't turned into this sort of uh, the, the naked body is a naughty thing or, you know, if someone got up from the bed and went to the bathroom and they were naked, there was no attempt to hide that. Or, you know, if you saw a man's naked body, it was not a big deal as he was going into the pool. These are normal things yeah. in daily life that yeah. happen all the time. And uh, it's not about objectification of the body. And I wanted to be able to incorporate some of that into it. Um, and, you know, clearly uh, what I was trying to play up in this film, too, was the addictive nature of their relationship, which involved by proxy of quitting smoking and not a lot of fighting and a lot of screwing. And uh, so there had to be all of that in the film. And yeah. I needed to have someone that was willing to show their body to do that. So at one point I was considering like, well, maybe it needs to be some sort of porn star, you know, or somebody yeah. that's cool that would, that could be a really good actor or actress and, uh, and could also pull this off. And so she was one of the people that I reached out to at the end of the day, I went with Diora Baird, but I really liked Sasha so much. I was, I, I asked her to come out and just do that cameo. Um, and then sure enough, after my film, she went on to do the, uh, the girlfriend uh, experience. Yeah. You're right, the right. girlfriend experience. Yeah. And became a, a, a legitimate actress. Yeah. Um, That's uh, Steven Soderbergh's film that is now uh, a, a series. Correct. Yeah. No, she, she, you're right. I mean, again, she did a good job in the in the girlfriend experience. So you were your instincts were solid on that one. I think uh, you have been in film for since I'm going back looking to, since 1983, 1984. You did Repo Man, and you did that for a number of years. When did you make the transition into um, directing and writing? And what was that like for you? Uh, I had always been wearing multiple hats. Um, you know, I started writing as a kid and I had family telling me, you know, one day you're going to be a writer. And I never really took that seriously, but they were right. And, uh, you know, I started acting when I was fairly young. I started doing student films at the, in my early teens. And, uh, and that led to uh, legitimate commercial films and, I was always writing. I, I had written a screenplay, I guess I was about 16 or 17 with a friend. And we ultimately incorporated that into what became Repo Man. Uh, so I got a creative contributor writing credit on that film, although I was much more a part of it than just that. But I think I always was wanting to be able to express myself uh, on different artistic levels. Uh, 
it, it wasn't just writing and directing and producing, but I was also in a band and went on tour and, right. you know, interested in, in painting and in just all kinds of different art forms. And so I think it really just was the ability to express myself in so many different ways that drew me to it. Yeah. And, you know, maybe it would have been good to just pick one thing and concentrate on it. But um, that's not what I did. I don't regret it. Well, and then looking over your filmography, you've always been drawn to kind of the, I'll call it the rock and roll side of, uh, of life. Um, and, you know, working with the Chili Peppers, that had to be quite an experience. You were in Walker, which was a terrific film. Yeah. Uh, and just so many. I mean, you were in, you've been in a lot of movies, but they tend to be kind of that edgy kind of, you know, pushing boundaries kinds of uh, films. Yeah, I never, I've never really been involved with something because I thought that that's, that was a way to be successful. Uh, I've just sort of always created art because I had to. Uh, and so it was whatever was next and what was in front of me or, you know, what was around me and, and, and just doing things with pure intention and love and not trying to overthink it and get my ego involved. And, Usually those are the things that turn out the best. Well, there your heart's in it for all the right reasons. Well, the film again is called Quit, and it is going to be out on uh, all the video platforms that you can think of, iTunes, Fandango Now, Google Play, YouTube, and others. You can buy the film or you can rent it, and that all starts this Friday. And um, congratulations on the film. Congratulations on, uh, you know, all the other stuff that you've been a part of. It's, you really have quite a storied um, career looking over the, the projects you've been a part of. And uh, I hope you continue to pursue what uh, you find most interesting in life. Thanks. Thanks for having me on the show, Mike. And uh, thanks for spreading the word about quit. Uh, to all your listeners, please go have a look. And I hope you love it. And I hope you hate it. And uh, nothing in between. <laughs> All right. Well, we've been talking with the director, writer, producer of the film Quit. And that would be Dick Root. Dick, thank you so much for being here. All right. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio. Music